Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Domingo. Hi, everybody. Um, let me check. Okay. Yeah, I'm not muted. Hi, everybody. My name is Domingo, and I'm a compulsive overeater. I am grateful to be here at this meeting. Um, thank you, Andrea, for asking me to come and share with you. And just to get started, I'm going to keep it simple, what it was like, what happened, what it's like today, or what I'm like today. And I will also, I may jump around. I never know what I'm going to share about. So uh, I, I wanted to say, you know, welcome to the newcomers. Welcome to the newcomers. Um, where I'm happy that you're here. And uh, yeah, I'm grateful that you found a way. And uh, I'll also say because, especially because we have newcomers, but uh, my experience, strength, and hope, like it's been mentioned, is my own. And uh, I believe there is a handle to grab onto OA for recovery for anybody who wants it, a different one. And mine is different. And I'm just glad that there was, you know, there was one for me. Um, and it's, it may be different than many other people, but um, I get to value other people's and that gives me the opportunity to value my own experience. And that's what I'll be sharing. Just my own personal experience, not law not the OA way or anything like that. And I just wanted to make that clear. I'm speaking only from my experience. All right. So I don't want to go chronologically um, today, uh, but I will start from, I'll just do some high points on what it was like um, from a young age. Something happened to me between first and second grade. I don't know what it was. I don't uh, I don't know if it was, I mean, I've had some traumatic experiences as a kid and I grew up in a dysfunctional household and that certainly affected me for sure. Um, it was a household that um, was affected by the disease of alcoholism without the necessarily the substance being in the home, like I would imagine it needed to be, but it was all over. Um, and I won't go into all that other than to say, um, you know, I was really severely affected by that. Um, I developed some traits because of that, like um, not really asking for help, uh, being incredibly self-sufficient, um, thinking I thinking anything earned, uh, only I could only give myself credit as if no one helped me lift a you know a lifted a finger to help me. I had to do it all completely on my own, or else it was it was worthless. Um, so I wasn't much of a collaborator, and I didn't share what was going on with me. I was really inquisitive though, and the answers I heard scared me or didn't satisfy me. <laughs> so. Uh, about life, you know, questions I had about life. Um, so I was, very, so that led to anxiety, fear, and one of the main ways to, to self-medicate 
was to eat, eat, you know, eat, you know, eat compulsively. And when I say, so I'm a compulsive overeater. My abstinence date is April 30th, 2009. Um, my top weight was somewhere around 300 and maybe 10, 15. I'm currently maintaining, you know, since coming into the program, I, I found a sponsor who um, gave me his, um, what do you call that? Losing abstinence until I reached a moderate weight. And uh, then my then my food changed, but I've been maintaining over a hundred pound uh, of weight loss in this program, thankfully. None, nothing to do with willpower, nothing to do with exercising. And uh, I am also a um, an exercise bulimic or a compulsive over exerciser. So I'll touch upon that. Uh, I hope if I have time and I do, by the way, for the timer, I do want to save some time for questions and answers. And I think I'm going to get like a 10 minute um, heads up, but if I can give like a two minute heads up before the 10 minutes, just so I can wrap it up. Thank okay, you. That's fine. I appreciate it. Thank you. B big thumbs up. I love the exuberance in this meeting. You know, as everybody was introducing themselves, especially, I just have to comment. I won't say who, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to cross talk or anybody, but I love it. It reminds me that we're not a glum lot, that um, I come here as a compulsive overeater and I admit that I'm a compulsive overeater and one day at a time, I become willing to work this program so I don't have to compulsively eat one day at a time. And um, sorry, my sponsor's texting me. <laughs> okay. Um, I come here so I don't have to compulsively eat one day at a time. Um, that's why I work this program. So there's joy in this program and there's exuberance and we're not a glum lot. And uh, I forget that. I forget that sometimes. <clears throat> um, because like someone else mentioned, you know, I mourn the end of every meal as, you know, as well. And <laughs> sometimes I can get, you know, concerned with that. Okay. So going back to what it was like, um, anxious, fearful, panic attacks, wetting the bed, um, reoccurring nightmares, uh, not good socially. <laughs> That's putting it very lightly. Um, uh, being whatever anybody wanted me to be so that I could be accepted and fit in and lifelong journey to do that. And it started in childhood and again, compulsively overeat. So again, oh, that's where I was talking. I was talking about a compulsive overeater. It's a compulsive overeater. I love food, I need to medicate myself, but I also wanted to be part of life. And how do I be part of life and still be a compulsive overeater? Well, you know, by compulsively overexercising, I'm not a good restrictor. I tried it for about a week in high school and I just failed at it and just decided, you know, that compulsive overexercising was gonna be the way out. Um, I got into the whole doing math in my head, well, this should be, you know, two hours of exercise, so I can eat this, you know, and, and, or I'll exercise first and eat this, and then I can eat that, um, or I've eaten this, so I need to exercise this much, and it was, it was okay. I actually managed my weight when I was growing uh, okay. Uh, I mean, not during my formative years. <laughs> I was always chunky, husky, they called it when I was growing up. I even wore husky corduroys you know, uh, where your knees would make that funny swishing sound with the sound of corduroy rubbing up against uh, itself. And um, 
and uh, didn't get any satisfaction. I thought the I thought the the cause was what I looked like. So after a couple of different very crazy ideas, um, some including, you know, purchasing that um, space age uh, really was tantamount to a plastic bag with sleeves. You know that I would over exercise in for hours just so I can, you know, I thought I didn't know what I didn't know what it was to, yeah, I just thought sweat. Sweat was weight. Sweat was, you know, if you sweated, that was good. Um, and um, uh, and and my my greatest accomplishment in that venture was joining the Marine Corps, who got me in shape. They they did it. They controlled my food. One of my um, one of my fantasies was that I would go to prison, but not for anything serious, and not. You know, I didn't know what prison was when I was young. All I knew is I had friends. I grew up in East Los Angeles is that would go away and they'd come back, you know, yoked or buff or whatever. And they would talk about, you know, all they did was just lift weights and and uh, and read or watch TV or whatever. And that just seemed to me to be in a place because I couldn't control what I ate. So, so my math was I can't control what I eat, but if I'm in prison, somebody can just feed me enough to to you know to keep me alive but not where i couldn't where i can't compulsively overeat and then i'll have all the time in the world to um, lift weights and and i will achieve the apex of life you know i'll come out and because all i needed is someone just just someone get me there and i i know i'll i'll be able to maintain it and at 21 ish um i was in the marine corps um you know, uh, came out of boot camp with the 29 inch waist, wearing a weighing 160 some odd pounds. You know, fairly muscular, young young adult male. Um, you know, had a girlfriend with a baby on the way, and uh, we had government jobs. Um, we had financial stability. We had an automobile. We had we were gonna rent to own. We had plans. We had uh esteem i had you know attaboys at at work um esteem family and friends i thought i had arrived and uh the compulsive overeat eating disease was just getting stronger every day and fast forward you know a couple years later i'm getting kicked out of the marine corps for not being able to maintain the weight standard, um, getting separated and close to being divorced, strained relationships with all my family, no true friends to speak of, um, not able to be myself, not even know who I am, not even knowing who I am, never bothered to, un never understood, never was taught, never learned, never the concept of I am not the person I portray myself to be didn't cross my mind. I was so used to lying to myself. You know, that's where the disease um, lives is in is in self-deception, you know, uh, and, and that's where deception of others comes is in the deception of self. Um, so of course, I didn't know that, you know, uh, and yet I knew everything, you know, I know, I probably said, you know, from age, no, from age 20, no, probably younger than that, maybe 17 to 41. Uh, uh, if I had a penny for every, I, every time I said, I know, I, I know I would be a multimillionaire. Um, that was my way of shutting out the world and shutting people who were giving me suggestions. I know, 
I know. Yeah. Yeah. You've got great ideas. I know I got a plan. Don't worry. You know, I don't need your help. All right. This is taking a long time. Okay. I'll try to speed it up. So, um, so that's what it was like. Um, then became, you know, uh, so I act out in, or my disease acts out in three main areas of my life and that's food, um, money and relationships. And during that period from, you know, early twenties to 40 until I came in here, you know, a couple of decades of just, uh, either relationship anorexia or, or chaotic, crazy, uh, unequal relationships, uh, with, uh, abandonment, you know, frustration and chaos built right in, right? Breaking up, getting back together, just crazy, insane cycles. And then long periods of no relationships at all with anybody. You know, I had failed at the game of life. I thought, you know, in my late 20s, early 30s, and I, I, it was, you know, life was over. And I was, I was just, uh, I, I, again, I was back where I started wanting. And by this time, my weight, after the Marine Corps, I had a couple of stints where my weight, you know, started going back down and became manageable. I even have pictures and uh, not, I don't have them to share with you today. Um, but, um, but then, sorry. And, um, but then, you know, after that, it was just up, 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 you know, every year, every year, every year. And uh, it was always somebody else's fault. It wasn't my fault okay so towards my bottom i'm a senior manager you know for a retail company i have uh 40 some odd employees i'm a senior manager i have three retail units i'm managing i'm supposed to have my stuff together i am making good money um and i'm living in my car because i can't don't know how to pay bills i never grew up as an adult um, when I decided to compulsively overeat to get through anything that I had to in life, I stopped maturing emotionally, spiritually. Um, and so, and, and even practically, I never really truly matured and became an adult. It was only until I came into this program that I began my, resumed my, my, my maturation. So, um, so there I am. I needed, and, and, and and I had kept it together for that long, pursuing excellence and attaboys and people's acceptance of myself. And then go, I would go eat my loneliness and resentments. And um, what I considered what love was the uh, ringing of the register, you know, when they rang me up at the end of a meal. That was when, you know, that was a sense of satisfaction. That was as close to love as I can get for a large part of my life um or the or the friendliness of a waiter you know i i didn't i never cooked for myself you know it was always going eating out and i love the attention of being attended to and people knowing what i like and getting me what i want and being nice to me and that's 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 how it was you know so there i am living in my car I, and uh i couldn't do it i had to admit that i needed help and i went and got some outside help and then I got an opportunity to do a geographic. So from San Bernardino County, I came to Orange County and that's where um, somebody said, OA. And I looked it up and joined, came to my first meeting at the St. Jude Hospital in, in Brea, I believe, or Fullerton. 
at the 1030 Sunday morning meeting. And, uh, and I've been here ever since, thankfully. And I just came, I didn't know what you guys had. Uh, my newcomer experience was very confusing. I didn't know what the books were for. I didn't know what HP meant. Um, I didn't know what abstinence was, but I did hear a couple of key things. I heard three day, three meals a day and nothing in between. And that was like the first thing that kind of like, that was like the per, the first epiphany that I have had in this program is when I heard that is three meals a day and nothing in between. I'm like, I, I don't know. It was like, the, it was like I'd heard that for the first time. I mean, of course I, I had always heard breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But I never operated in those boundaries. You know, I never just ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's just what I ate for breakfast is, I guess, what I ate between the hours of nine and 10 ish. You know, lunch was 11 to two. And then, uh, and, and I ate all between those times too. I'm just saying what I consider. And then dinner was evening sometimes, right? I know that when there was a, a famous fast food restaurant that came up with something, they called it the fourth meal. I was like, that's genius. I mean, of course, the fourth meal, like what, you know, that's, yes, it's, you know, it's the two o'clock, it's the one o'clock, the, the midnight, you know, the fourth, the fourth meal. Um, it gave a name to something I did, you know, some validation to something I did. All right. So, um, so anyways, I came, I, I heard this guy. Well, I mean, I loved you guys because you guys didn't talk to me negatively. You guys heard when I shared. I had a lot of opportunity to, to listen to my own voice when I spoke and when I read literature, you know, in meetings. And, um, you, and, uh, and then I heard, and then, and your stories, I re started relating. And, you know, but the denial is so strong. I sat in meetings over 300 pounds with a lifelong obsession on compulsively over on my weight period my weight whether i was successful or not even if i had maintained a nice moderate weight but i'd obsessed that's still uh uh around you know uh uh the, the same obsession you know i even in even if i'm trying to just battle five ten pounds you know and have and it, it whatever takes an inordinate amount of time um you know like 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 the obsession of compulsive overeating, you know, that's, 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 it's really the mental, it could be without food, I guess is what I'm saying. All right. Um, so this guy had lost over 300 pounds. So he, he lost more than I had ever weighed. I think he had lost like 365. At the time I met him, he had maintained it for four years and, and uh, he wasn't running in place, which means that I, I didn't, he didn't have tennis shoes. He didn't look like an athlete. I did, you know, I always related to somebody who was in shape, you had to work hard to get there. Um, or you had to, you know, and you couldn't, they, like, you couldn't be at a moderate weight without not doing some type of exercise to maintain that. I didn't understand that people can just eat and maintain their weight. I thought exercise always had to be a part of the equation. And um, no, you know, it wasn't. And he was relaxed. He sometimes napped during meetings, I'm like, this guy's super relaxed. Like, I want that. And so I got the courage one time after listening to him. And he was funny and he felt, he looked like he was comfortable with himself. And um, I said, you know, I told him I wanted, you know, I asked him to be my sponsor. And he said, okay, yeah, oh, I can, I can sponsor you. You know, call me tomorrow at 6 a.m. And I called him the next day and 
and he gave me the whole the whole program unapologetically just like just you know he basically said he didn't say you know i mean he gave me two minutes to talk about my overeating history actually he didn't time it he just said however long your overeating history this is your two minute before the 10 minute warning thank you all right so so two minutes so okay so he gave it all to me he just basically told me what he did and that that was the instruction and if if i i wanted him to be my sponsor i did what he was going to do so i didn't you know he gave me this whole food plan what he does service meetings how many people he calls who to call all that stuff and i began to lose weight i began to uh there's peace became um part of my life I was I was scared of it. It was crazy, and I wasn't accustomed to it. Uh, and it's taken me ten years to even begin to be accustomed to peace and serenity. Well, I won't say that I have a lot of that in my life, but it's an ongoing process. I worked the steps. I got a sponsor, and the only thing that I've done for my own power is made a decision and been willing and. Um, and take the takes take steps ongoing as consistent steps as I humanly can, um, and just keep my nose pointed towards recovery. You know, towards my higher power, towards recovery. Um, there's plenty of tools and literature and guidance from outreach calls, and again, my sponsor. And there's no shortage of that. And and really, it's the steps that help me recover. I I mean, there's a lot of techniques and tics, tips and tricks. I'm powerless, but not helpless. And there's things that I can do to prepare myself and to set myself up for success. But I need, but I remember that ultimately, it's kind of like I, you know, if I recover, I just focus on the steps and my higher powers in charge of my, how, how fast I recover. He's in charge of my character defects. Again, I try not to act out and go, well, you know, my, my, my higher power has got to take care of this. I'm going to go act however I can. No. I do try to moderate them, but I have no control over them. Is that my time? 10 minutes. Okay. I'm going to take one more minute to talk a little bit about what it's like. Um, today, uh, the road does get narrow. I heard that in somebody else's share. It does get narrow, but that narrowing, what happens is is like, and this is the last thing I'm going to say. Well, two, no, I got two, one more thing after this. That narrowing, if you picture what it narrows to, if you picture the extra, the extra, that extra is obsession, that extra is weight on my shoulders, that extra is mental taxing, you know, the narrow, so I'm really not, it's really, I'm not losing. I am losing stuff, but I'm peeling off mental obsession. That's that narrowing. Those, 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 those foods that I know I, I struggle with, you know, but I still want to eat them. You know, when I let them go, I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry about that anymore. The last thing I'll say is the gift of this program is of my relationship with the God of my understanding, who's in the only place I can find him is inside me and uh, learning to be, you know, who I was meant to be and, um, and learning that I'm in inherently loved and of value and that that's never questionable. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Domingo. And now it's time for questions, questions only. If you have a question you'd like to ask the speaker, please raise your blue hand in the participants section and I'll call on hands as I see them.
I see a hand, Leslie. Hi, Domingo, thank you for your share. Um, can you just talk about what you do every day to work your program? So like the 10, 11, 12, and um, just speak to that subject. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thanks for the question. Let me make sure I'm not muted. Okay, thanks for the question. So what I do to work my program and what does that look like? So I do three programs. So I try to stay working the steps, um, you know, uh, you know, in one program and I try to rotate them at, you know, kind of at all times. I mean, I'll take a break after I work the steps for a little while, but then I'll pick them up in another program. I try not to do the steps in the, pro so that's right now I'm working the steps in another program. And then after that, I may, you know, I may pick up something. Literature, reading and writing on a daily basis is very important. Um, you know, I, I've like wanted to be a lifelong writer and now 10 years later of like writing every day, I'm like, I am a writer. Like I write, you know, it just so happens I just write, you know, from, you know, my sponsor hears it all the time. Um, the people I do outreach calls and of course my higher power. Um, so reading and writing, uh, I do a daily 10 step and I modify it to what's important to me. Like I, I started with the big book 10 step, you know, the questions, you know, um, uh, what, you know, well, see now minds are so different. Uh, like, so minds is like, did I obsess on others? You know, did I do or not do something out of fear? You know, what did I do to, um, honor and engage my true self? Um, what did I choose to do today? Because, you know, as a victim, as like, for me, like a lifelong victim mentality, I forget I've got choices and I, and that reminds me. So I try to put in what's important for me to remember and tap into on a daily basis. So that's important. Outreach calls are very critical and meet uh, meetings. So I started off by going to four meetings, OA meetings. That's when I had one program. Eventually over time, I just go to one meeting for uh, one of my programs a week. So I still get at least three meetings per week. Um, but I usually wind up doing more than that, especially currently right now. Um, I follow a food plan. I do text my sponsor my food each and every time. It used to be a phone call before every meal. Now it's a text. Um, and uh, what else? And I try to be of service and try to work the traditions, uh, steps and concepts to the best of my ability. And the big thing is um, I have to see the face of God every day or I have to connect with, my, with, with a higher power of God, God of my own understanding every day. So recently that's morphed into day, doing uh, walks in the morning. So I get up super early in the morning, like 4, 4.30, and I'm at my regional park in the morning in the dark where other people are and you wouldn't think it with their little flashlights walking around the park at night and uh we're just we just wave at each other as we pass each other and that and i get to see uh my heart power's face like that every day so those are some of the things that i do our next question comes from b you're up thank you thanks nancy thank you so much domingo for your lead um i was wondering if you could talk a little bit about uh your relationship and conception of your higher power before program and uh, and then now. Sure. So by, um, I came from a very religious um, household. Maybe even from my perspective, 
religiously abusive, I'll call it. And that's, um, you know, that's just my experience. And so I was scared, S-less, right, of my higher power. Uh, he puts me here. He doesn't tell me anything except for these laws that I've got to uphold. So he creates me to just follow stuff, but he wants me to do stuff for him. But but he doesn't need any. He doesn't need me to do anything. But I'm being tested constantly, and he's he's nowhere around. He doesn't talk to me. So if I ask him a question or I need some clarification, or I need some help and support, you know, he's he's nowhere. He's nowhere around. You, you, you I'm not going to hear him. You know, he's not going to talk to me or anything like that. He's just, you know, he's just. I've been put here with the opportunity to spend my eternity in 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 hell. Like so, not very loving, not very caring, and and why go through that that whole rigmarole? Why not, if you really love me and and all powerful, you know, just take me into your arms and just love me and care for me, and uh, don't put me in this scary situation. So that was my concept of a higher power beforehand. Um, and let, needless to say, you know. Uh, not very good. Um, since coming in, it, it, the first one was my sponsor, like not in that, like that sense, but it was the first person that I trusted, um, that I could follow what he said. And then it became power greater than myself. It became like a, 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 a like, um, a virtual big brother. I realized that I didn't need to know everything. I just needed to know what the next right thing was. And so I would sometimes look at somebody I imagine looked exactly like me, like an older brother, you know, we're familiar, but look very alike, but he was just somebody I can turn to. I never had an older brother. I was the oldest male in the family. So I never had somebody who I could kind of rely on that could, that could help guide me. So that was it. Eventually it turned into uh, just a, you know, a loving God, <clears throat> a God that loves me infinitely in ways that I don't understand. And, uh, that's inside me, like um, the ocean is in a wave, so I can't be away from a higher power. And that has, uh, and that has been there, but uh, to be honest, I still don't fully understand. I'm somebody who loves languages, and just until recently, I said, you know, I spent all this time learning this language and that language, and I am like bi fully bilingual. And I realized, how much time do I spend trying to get to know my higher power's language? Like, you know, I've spent, I mean, as much as I do connect my higher power, like I, that just realized me. So that's been kind of my, my recent meditation is like, what, like, like how does my higher, looking for ways my higher power speaks to me and trying to figure out what his language is, you know, trying to, you know, make, taking a step towards my higher power versus just being like, where are you higher power? I'm here where, you know, where are you like, you know, see, I, I'll tell you one last thing from in terms of my higher power. I real my concept of my higher power is that my higher power needs me. You know, when I reach to my higher powers just for safety and security, his he has a smile on his face. The same way I as a father would do so if my daughter, you know, squeezed my hand, you know, just to just like are you the, you know, like dad, I love you. And um, are you still, you know, are you still there? Kind of like that security squeeze you know he he needs me as much as i need him it, it's not it's not like an unequal relationship an, an unequal relationship so i'm really grateful for that thank you Domingo. that's all the time